0: Welcome to Rethinking Neurodiversity, a podcast looking at the history, triumphs and challenges of divergent thinking. We're your hosts, Fran and Ling, and together we'll be talking to neurodivergent advocates, experts, and those with lived experience to rethink the narrative around neurodiversity.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Noetic Health, the intelligent neurodiversity app for adult ADHD, autism, dyslexia, and dyspraxia.
0: In this episode, we speak to ADHD coach, Kim Tall, about neurodivergent dating. We talk about being on dating apps, whether to disclose your neurodivergence, neurodivergent friendly first dates, demisexuality, and saposexuality. Make sure you're subscribed or following the podcast to listen to another episode on neurodivergent relationships.
1: I'm so excited for this
2: episode. It's an interesting topic, right? So much to say.
0: Could you first give us an intro to you, Kim, before we deep dive into the dating? What you do and why are you interested in neurodiversity as a whole? Yeah, so my name is Kim, Kim
2: Thor, and I'm a certified ADHD coach, which means I coach people with ADHD and other neurodiversities. And I'm also a neurodiversity consultant. So I run training workshops for corporates and companies that want to train their managers and people in their organization about neurodiversity. So why am I interested in neurodiversity? Because I have ADHD, was diagnosed late with ADHD and dyslexia and suspected autism. I've been on the waiting list for two years, but I'm pretty sure I have a bit of you know some either Asperger's or autism so and I'm just really passionate about this area because
0: yeah I am neurodivergent. And we had the pleasure of meeting you many months ago now but it's really exciting keeping up with your work and things. Yeah no
2: I mean ex- I yeah I love what Noetic is doing I love the team obviously met Eileen really early on in, in her on her journey of building Noetic And I'm like super excited to reconnect and talk something very casually about dating and not about business, which I'm very excited to share since I am newly single after eight years and obviously dating where now knowing I'm neurodivergent and dating in an online world of online apps has been very interesting navigating. So a lot of things to share and complain about.
1: Oh, and you must have so much insight into both like the single side of dating as a neurodivergent person, but then also in a relationship and yes, definitely kind of in long term relationships. Which one do you want to start with?
2: So, yeah, I also add like when I coach people, I also coach them through about managing their relationships with their partners who are often neurotypical as well. So I've got a lot of insights. But yeah, let's start with
1: neurotypical as well, or often neurodivergent as well. So
2: who are often mostly neurotypical, but I've also coached people who are dating partners that they suspect have a neurodiversity as well. So it's often a topic in our coaching sessions about how do I manage my neurodiversity in my relationship? That's quite a common theme across the board.
1: Mm. It's something that's really overlooked as a topic of conversation and it's something that often doesn't get thought about within the context of relationship and like how neurodivergence and the different traits and the behaviors how that manifests in in a relationship and in and I guess relationship can also extend to definitely to family as well but also within the context of being single I know
2: there's so much to talk about I don't know where to start I think let's start off with Um, the online dating stuff because I'm quite a unique I have a unique perspective because when I started dating you know tinder just came out and I think I only used it for fun so I was not really using dating apps and suddenly when I was single this summer I went on dating apps and was like just so you know overwhelmed and I just kept thinking this is just not neurodivergent friendly and I remember searching for dating apps specifically for neurodivergent people because i just felt overwhelmed using the apps and i'm just trying to think i think the key thing first is just i'm dyslexic so obviously like even messaging to get to know someone is really weird whilst i think with adhd having adhd you like you like to meet people and you know understand the context where you met them you want to feel stuff, right? So just meeting people through an app just felt so weird and foreign. And it was just really hard to form connections with people I meet online because every single person that I've met in the past in person, I remember exactly where I met them. I remember exactly the conversation we had, our first ever conversation, because I think with ADHD or dyslexia, you, you, you remember stuff semantically, So stuff has meaning, right? When you meet people, it's like quite magical. But then through these apps and just meeting people without any context, it was just like the most bizarre feeling ever. Mm
0: -hmm. And I guess the concept of putting yourself on one profile and some of the prompts that are used, I used Hinge quite a while ago, but the prompts were like, first rounds on me if, or like, you'll (laughs) be the one for me if. I think that's also can be really hard to interpret for anyone. What extent mm-hmm. take this honesty that often isn't very honest on a dating app, how people present themselves, but some people then will be really honest. And that then might come across to other people, potentially to neurotypical people and then be like, Oh, that's not the right. And I say, right. and yeah.
1: that's the Right thing to say on a dating app, you know, mm. you like, you're trying to curate this profile that shows who you are and the more the more of a profile that you make that makes you feel normal the more that you feel that you're actually masking you're not really like kind of putting your real foot forward and then yeah. when you do create we do create something that actually sounds more like you you're like oh god I sound really weird I wouldn't want them to get the right idea yeah <laughs> no
2: I totally agree with the profile stuff like I remember when I create the profile I was really honest and I went into like paragraphs of like What I like, what's my favorite date? Because you know, I think, well, I think with maybe with like autism or whatever, you just take it literally, you know, like, oh, what's your ideal date? So I would list it out and like write paragraphs. And then I think someone told me, you're not meant to actually do that, you're meant to just make banter or say something funny or witty. And I was like, what does that even mean? So I ended up just removing everything and just writing like one liners. And I just felt like, I just want to put on there, you know, I'm neurodivergent and be honest about who I am. I just felt like I couldn't Mm -hmm. because that will, I don't know, maybe I should have because that would filter people out. But yeah, I remember if there, there was only one profile with a guy I matched that mentioned he had ADHD and I thought, whoa, okay, at least one person mentioned they had, you know, ADHD. But like in general, none of the profiles like actually had that kind of part about them that I would have found really interesting so I had to hide that about myself as well because I didn't want to come across too serious or I wanted to come across you know funny or whatever it's just really weird Mm. it's
0: the prompt questions are weird and how you present yourself is very weird Mm. well I guess like what you were saying earlier it's all quite superficial and you've only got so many words you can write on your profile and things like that always the people who overshare
1: and then you're like oh it's like don't need your life story
2: (laughs) I definitely overshared probably and I had to like Really cut it back. But yeah, that's something I learned as well. Like, you can't overshare. And, you know, like the initial chat as well was quite weird because I didn't realize like the initial chat was meant to be quite funny and witty. So I remember misinterpreting a lot of what guys said to me. And I would like show my friend, I'd be like, oh, he said this. And they would be like, oh, j- he's just making a joke about sex. And I was like, how is that a joke about sex? What, well, in the first oh. message? Yeah. <laughs>
0: ah uh, yeah I think it's just
2: really weird from my perspective because I take things quite literally or I don't understand sarcasm again it's like an autistic thing I've never understood sarcasm like if I was networking and someone made a joke I wouldn't even know if it's a joke or not unless they said it's a joke Him, I just don't understand sarcasm you know I'm British but I don't understand sarcasm so in messages and stuff when things have double meaning it was just really stressful Dice, you know understanding what it was and I
1: just I just hated it I just hated the texting stuff and it was so
0: overwhelming
1: social, So like it depletes your social battery because oh, of, yes in real life when you meet people generally you're kind of meeting one person at a time you read their body language they read yours and the connection is just a lot deeper in person you can decide and you can decide yeah. like straight away whether there's like chemistry and then you end, you end up kind of essentially you probably end up meeting the person that you Connect with best through messages, but there could be some like shyer person in your messages, or maybe just like in the in the dating pool in the app, who's actually really well suited to who connects like mad magnetically in person with, but it's just that online there isn't necessarily that there's that that disconnect, and it could be because they're not so like they're feeling quite shy online, and like you're potentially feeling quite shy online, and so like you end up kind of not meeting that that person necessarily. But one thing I want to ask you, do you have you noticed that the people that you meet are neurodivergent? Because every yeah. person that I've met on, on on a dating app, every single person, like without fail, has been either neurodivergent or no thinks they are. And so no yeah. And so it's almost and like obviously I wasn't filtering for that at all, but like, or looking for that. But it's interesting that these are the people that just end up you end up connecting with
2: yeah no it's funny that you said that I was thinking about this and I've been on 10 dates this summer it's been very intensive <laughs> I think mean, it was 10 I've lost count up to 10.
1: tell us about it Kim <laughs> it's been intensive
2: mostly I've done it just for research just to gather research because I was like I need to understand what this is about <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: really? um,
2: going to write a whole blog post about what it's like to navigate dating with ADHD as well but anyway most of the guys that I was seeing at first were neurodivergent except for like the one or two and the topic either would come up I would never mention I have ADHD maybe on one date I did because like you know they asked about what I did as a job and obviously I would mention it but then I started not mentioning it to see if people would share about them
1: control testing (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. In the anthropological
2: study. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously, just to see, just to see. And generally more than half of the the guys that I've met, I only date guys, were neurodivergent, but weren't diagnosed. Like not a single one of them were diagnosed. So I was like, ooh, this is interesting. And generally the guys that were neurodivergent, I vibed more because we can talk more about that. But obviously didn't end up seeing all of them. But, you know... Generally, yeah, it's so weird that I'm attracted to those type of people to meet, if that makes sense. Yeah, so very interesting. So I don't know if it's because I'm just filtering out or in general, the apps have more neurodivergent people. I don't know. I don't
0: know what it is. Oh. I don't know. Do you think if someone had their neurodivergence on their profile, it would be yeah. your perception of them or the perception
1: of how you were messaging them? And I we include like in a positive way because um, yeah. like if someone had on their profile that they had like autism or dyslexia, I feel like I would, I mean, you, you don't just connect purely on that, but it just gives you yeah. additional context that like can also help you if they may seem, I don't know, I guess if they like potentially present slightly like they might be neurodivergent, then at least you know that they are rather than like, it's yeah. like are you just interested in me? Or like, oh no, okay, maybe maybe they're just shy. Yeah no like
2: I I think it's down to if people feel confident about um, sharing that about themselves right mm-hmm. like the one guy that I did match but didn't end up going on a date with he I matched with him because he said that he had ADHD and that was the first profile that I saw you know someone say they have ADHD and I thought it was really cool so I didn't meet him because I think I was just really busy during that summer but but <laughs> and I didn't like the way he asked me out on a date. But anyway, and he just dropped a location. I was like, okay, no what? thanks. Yeah, just dropped a location. I was like, I'm having lunch here, and I was like,
1: okay, nice. Honestly, people need to learn more about the art of courting. Like, just because we're in 2023, does not mean that like just dropping a location is a romantic way of asking someone. That's
2: actually, outrageous. But what I've, you know, I don't put that on there because I want to see on the dates like if my dates gauge, you know, and I think a couple of dates have gauged, I have ADC, just how I present myself and how I talk about my thousand hobbies, but anyway, the thing that I, the thing that I started doing is put on putting on my profile, you know, I prefer quiet dates, or I prefer, you know, dates that are not at loud pubs, or mm-hmm. I prefer a walk instead of a busy pub, like, I kind of put that out there, that I prefer more quiet dates. There's not really saying, you know, I'm neurodivergent, I'm very sensory sensitive. I'm just saying this is my preference. So if you want to meet me, you've got to be okay with like a nice quiet walk or you know, a nice, I think I put on my profile an option for a date would be, you know, paint and sip. So painting or going to art an art show with me. So I think you you don't, I mean, if you're comfortable, you can share that. But if not, I think you can kind of indicate on your profile what you would prefer. And I think that kind of shows for me. That's kind of me signalling I'm quite sensory sensitive. So if you're pick, if you're organising a date and I expect you to organise a date, it has to be something where something quiet. If that makes
0: sense. I love that. I think that's such a good idea. And it also, a you'll be more comfortable on that date. You won't go somewhere that you don't really want yeah. to. Yeah. And it gives them a more honest insight into what you like, the things you like, and then you'll realise earlier on whether you do enjoy doing the same kind of things or whether you... Exactly. Do. I think that's such a good way to to put your preferences out there.
2: Yeah, I do think so. I mean, I think it does, like, the sensory stuff does get to me. I remember, uh, you know, a guy booked a date at a bar and it was so loud. I remember not even wanting to go into the bar and he could tell immediately that I was not you know not wanting to go in he was like oh it's loud isn't it and I was like yeah it kind of is and like I just realized on a first date like that could make or break a date because the guy might be really wonderful but because the setting is so bad there's no way like my neurodivergent self is going to feel comfortable relaxed you know can hear anything like because if it's loud and stuff my face is going to be like this all the time <laughs> always
1: scrunched up like
2: <laughs> decipher what the heck is going on with all the background noise that's in my brain so yeah so Maybe a very stressed version of yourself which yeah really stressed yeah it is really stressful but the dates where it's been like i think one day i went on a bubble tea date with a guy that's and okay. it was in, So cute. It was in Chinatown and Chinatown was super busy and he could tell I was getting quite stressed. And I was like, oh, can we just go to the park instead? So we took our bubble tea, went to the park and I just instantly relaxed and was able to just be myself. But yeah, so I think top tip neurodivergence is you don't have to put on your profile, your neurodivergent, but just put like your preferences in terms of first dates. And I think that should weave out the people who either don't appreciate that's what you prefer
1: or you know, if they
2: look at you, and you go, oh yeah, that she's not my vibe. Fine, good, good riddance. You know, I'd a
1: first date exactly like yours, Kim. I would a bubble nice. tea in, in a park sounds great. Or my favorite first date that I went on, someone from Hinge, was ice swimming in the middle of winter. So We went oh. to the reservoir and did a swim was um, one of my favorite activities is going ice swimming, Then had like a coffee or a tea afterwards, and then went for a really nice long walk um, around a park, and that was just like, it was nice. a nice way to like get to know someone um, while also doing something like quite fun and any activity-based stuff that that both people enjoy or at least that one person wants to like try out. Is far oh, I love that. Brand first dates. Oh, God. I need a crux of alcohol. No. <laughs> the thing is, you can, there's ways that you can drink alcohol and not be in a really loud bar. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly.
0: I've also, I've been in a relationship for over three years now. And I feel like my 20 self has probably had a very different attitude to dating than mm. me now at 24. So I think that was part of it. But yeah. now an activity I like a bit of comedy I like especially if they got roasted while you were in the stand-up comedy I think I would really (laughs) enjoy
1: (laughs) you've got a sense of humor you know and it's also just like nice to laugh with someone because it relaxes you relaxes them and then and it also things that like things that aren't around just looking at each other when you're on a first date as well so like dog walks like something to take your attention or like painting or as you said comedy like something that can take your attention away from the from just looking at the other person and like essentially like judging them and feeling judged
2: (laughs) yeah no I like that top tip for me is I bought a pack of dating cards from school of life and it has like around 100 questions as you know like questions to start because sometimes I realize like I just didn't know what to say or be like quite awkward and I didn't know what to say what to talk about or I was talking about the same things like over and over again so I bought a pack of cards and that really helped especially maybe if you had you know quite a stressful morning and you're going on a date and you don't really know how to kind of navigate that day I think that pack of cards really helped me kind of just like get conversation going as well especially when I'm not my energy is quite low and it's a bit too late to cancel the date. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, also something else that a friend um, does, which I think is a genius idea is before you meet someone in person, have a video call with them. I haven't done that. If it's just like a really short one, just like having a nice chat where you see mm-hmm. their face they see yours. And like, you kind of just like, get a vibe it's a, to kind that. Of clarify that it's actually the person that the profile suggests that they are right. and also just to kind of like i guess just gauge like just in, like initial chemistry and just like you know if you if you can't i guess unless video calls are so stressful that you really don't know if you'll be able to have like a decent enough conversation if you for the most part if you can't have a nice quick chat on a video call how are you going to survive an entire day
2: that's a good idea i haven't done that before Interesting. Why haven't I done
0: that before? That I'm not gonna lie, that makes me feel physically sick. Yes, do
1: that. Do work the video call. No, that
0: would stress me out. Fair enough. enough.
1: Maybe maybe it's not for everyone actually. So fair enough. But when he said that it worked really well because there were some, you know, I think most people that he had a call with, they ended up meeting and getting on. And then there were some people where like he wasn't feeling the vibe or they weren't feeling the vibe and then they ended up not meeting. And it kind of just like saves you a saves you a date where you're because you know how we've all had those stories where like 10 minutes into a date you're like oh god I can't wait to leave oh yeah okay This is something
2: that I would like to share because I don't know if it's ADHD or not it probably is but I got along with every date that I've been on so I've like never cut a date shorter than an hour they've they've always been two hours or more I don't know if it's because I am such a good conversationalist or something else or I just think I don't know I kind of get a sense I can talk to anybody especially if even if I don't find you attractive I always find something interesting about you to talk to you about or I listen to you I'm a good listener and maybe because I'm a coach as well so it's really easy for me to find connection and then I remember telling a friend I go on all these dates and I always think they're nice people but does that mean I like them because I can get along with anybody and she's like yeah you can get along with anybody it's always been an issue for me to go on dates because I've never been on a date in the first 10 minutes I'm like nah it's always been for me always oh there's something interesting about this person I can learn more about or I can ask more questions and stuff so that's been quite interesting I think maybe that's just part of ADHD and finding people interesting in general so that's my take on it
1: yeah I think that's a really good mindset to have as well to like I think that you can have very high expectations from dating apps and that can sometimes lead to disappointment when you go into it with the goal of just meeting interesting people and then you meet them. If there's an attraction there or if an attraction builds, in my case, like I very rarely feel attracted to people straight away. It takes me like a few meetings with people. And so like if I if I have a really good like hour or two meeting with someone and then it progresses onto a second or third date, then that's great. And if there isn't an attraction, then at least you know you've just met a really interesting person and maybe you guys can be exactly. friends.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's the greatest part about ADHD and maybe exhausting is because I obviously you talk to so many people. So, so many people do come across as quite interesting. So, narrowing it down is quite hard. But then, the, all the dates I've generally have been on, I've like learned something and found them really interesting. Just maybe not romantically, and I always um, extend a second date, like just because I always I'm the same. I don't feel attraction
1: immediately. I don't know how people do that. <laughs> there is a word for it though, demisexual, which Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was yeah. Been really helpful once I learned what that word was. Uh,
2: what is what is a demisexual?
1: <laughs> so demisexual is it's on the asexuality spectrum, and it's someone who doesn't experience primary attraction. So, kind of what you initially see of someone, like their looks or like you know their initial personality. Like, you basically need to get to know someone before you start to feel sexual attraction to them. So, there's something
2: I align to as well, similar to that, which is I'm a sapiosexual. Sapiosexual is someone who finds like intelligence attractive. So, what is in the brain? So, that is the most important thing that would make me sexually attracted to someone. So when I go on dates, that's why I go on long dates to get to know people because I'm actually trying to get to know them like they're mentally and that is what makes me sexually attracted to you. So that's why on like first dates, I can never tell if I am like attracted to someone romantically. I always feel like they're nice people and I don't know if this is more neurodivergent, but I generally believe maybe it's because because of ADHD, dyslexia and stuff, you need a lot more context to kind of fall for someone So, you know, the way, you know, the environment, the context, the way they think and stuff like that, like all those things need to come together in order to make me feel like very sexually attracted to someone or attracted to someone romantically. So it's been really hard for me dating because first two days, you can't really tell what someone's mind is like. So I go on extended dates. I think the longest date I've been on is a nine hour date. Wow it was like a canoe ride and then like like we like had a little picnic and then we had like drinks food and drinks or whatever and it was just talking it was just talking so yeah so yeah I don't I generally I think that might be a thing with I mean definitely a thing with me with being a sapiosexual is you have to understand the mind and it's just weird how dating apps I feel I don't know dating apps in general I feel like it's a lot about attraction the first 10 minutes it's very transactional that's what I don't get about the online dating world and that's what I think I've really
0: struggled um and also if you go on to date someone and ultimately be in a relationship with them or spend a lot of time with them that 10 minute interaction is the least important thing because they don't connect on a deeper level or they're like you find intelligence attractive and they don't kind of bring that to the conversation then yeah, you would have lost, maybe you would
2: have lost like a potential connection, but I feel like everyone else, I mean, with the way that online apps gamifies dopamine as well. So I realized like at one point I was just going on apps just to see likes to get dopamine, which is really, really bad. Because obviously when, you know, you're just newly single, that is a really bad source of dopamine to, to keep chasing and to get keep seeking. So it gamifies dopamine, which is really bad. And it strips away all the context, which makes people what people actually need to look at in order to build attraction, especially people like me who may be a bit more complex, a sapiosexual. So, yeah, I just think in general,
1: it's really bad. <laughs> and it can have really yeah. negative effects as well because if you go on an app and you haven't got those likes there waiting for you, then and that's what you're, you know, if you're not feeling that great go on and you are hoping to have some kind of like meaningful ish interaction with someone. And yeah. then you kind of, you know, it's not there. That can be yeah. really confusing as well. And so, like, and and also because some of us have RSD, rejection sensitivity disorder, yeah. and so that can be that can be quite taxing as well. Mm-hmm. When you're in a kind of sometimes, if you're in, newly dating and kind of kind of like feeling a bit bit vulnerable, kind of dipping your toes in. It is hard, yeah. Like
2: the ghosting thing, I didn't realize that was a thing because obviously I haven't dated for eight years and when that initially first happened to me it really felt like rejection like and I just couldn't process it because obviously that wouldn't happen in real life in real life you'd have a discussion
1: you wouldn't have someone just like up and leave
2: yeah with no explanation like just leave the table which is like really weird because obviously yeah the rejection sensitivity really kicked in especially when you went on a date and you felt like you connected with this person you promised a follow-up date and then they just disappear for like weeks that's really really bad rejection so it's dopamine rejection also the overwhelming number of like chats going on as well it's just overload with like I remember just constantly getting energy crashes so I'd like delete it for a week get back on it when I have more energy delete it again because it just kept depleting my energy so yeah I just I don't know cho- all round. In general, it has been a poor online dating experience, and my market research is done for the summer. <laughs> and confirm report. Yeah, we'll write a blog post about it. Hasn't been great.
1: Apps. Apps could do a better job at being more neuroinclusive and putting in functionalities that can reduce sensory overload or overwhelm. Like even if it's like a, you know, oh god automated message I am seeing someone and you could just like yeah. the <laughs> options of um, how you
0: ghost someone
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have not responded to your 10 people yeah. and this, um is there something you'd yeah. like to, is there is there like a You're reason out. for this like yeah. exactly is there a way that you could it's funny because when I started dating someone I because I hate ghosting people because yes. it's the yeah and I remember messaging a bunch of people who I was um intending on meeting with and sent them a message just saying, hey, just letting you know, I'm dipping out the dating pool for now. It was lovely chatting with you. Maybe I'll pass across down the line. Really simple message. And like he actually got like the loveliest responses back being like, thank you for that transparency. Like, isn't it shit when people just like ghost? You've that so
0: nicely so as well, because quite often people are like, Well, how do I I don't want them to think I was taking it really seriously and they really deep what the other person is gonna take out of that experience and then I think ghosting's like the easy way out for a lot of people. It,
1: yeah, it's so, just convenient just to ignore people, but then yeah, like you know, there's there's loads of content online of like how to perceive ghosting or like how to make you feel make yourself feel better about ghosting it's like well how about we tell the people who are ghosting all you need to do is just be quite a bit more communicative and just send a very simple message you don't even need to explain the full context why you don't Mm. need to be like oh I've met the love of my life now or like you don't need to kind of put have. it's just like oh by the way I'm you know not dating this
2: this is again it's about I think it's a neurodivergent thing where I've if everyone that I didn't want to see again I would actually like give a really over explain and actually explain like why I'm not going to see them again or why I see this as just a friendship thing like I'm very sensitive and empathetic in the dating scene obviously that takes a lot of energy because every single time you have to muster up that energy type it all out and stuff so yeah a way to program that that would be great because it's very exhausting like it just shows how empathetic neurodivergents are in the dating pool. You know, everyone is taught on the dating pool, you've just got to cut your losses, you've got to move on fast. But, you know, neurodivergent people are just empathetic people. Like, when I actually meet people, I actually get to know them, actually care about the connection. It's just not programmed for, like, how dating is like, where it's just so transactional. So, you know, people just want to cut their losses. And it's just like, for me, it's just so bizarre because every connection even if it was an hour or two or if you went on a date one date that was a real connection at that mm. moment you did speak to a real person you found out about them you found out you know just oh. give them give them you know a one-liner if you're not going to see them yeah. again so that's yeah. why I feel I'm too
0: empathetic for this dating stuff I think yeah. we've spoken so much about dating apps yeah that's been a very good insight into like the experience and how different
1: it can be for different people. We should probably do a second part on relationships. (laughs) Probably should. Out of the dating community and once you actually have a partner or partners. I think
2: that's a good topic because a lot of my clients now that they are getting diagnosed. And you know most of my clients are women with ADHD with late diagnosis and a lot of them are navigating not challenges but dynamics in their relationships I do think it's worth worth another call to talk about that because that is a regular topic
0: for sure Mm. yeah um did you have any other tips or tricks for people that maybe not necessarily on the apps but trying to meet people and at that very initial stage Phase of dating. Well, I, I would just
2: give, I just rehash the tips I've said, which is just if you prefer a certain context or activity or quiet, just communicate that. Don't be scared of like scaring off people to ask for your preference. Just take control. Like I think out of all the dates, I've planned all my dates because I've took control. Because I was like, I need a quiet place. Like I need to know a place that I know well. I don't want to show up at a random place. You know, I always take initiative. So take initiative. The pack of dating cards is great. I always carry them around in case the date gets a bit awkward and I can just whack them out and like have conversation starters. I would say be wary of going on apps for dopamine or even messaging people to get dopamine. Like I've had to really train myself not to do that. So beware of like that cheap dopamine rush. And in general, just protect your energy whilst dating because you ca- it can get wiped really easily. So like for me I like try to conserve it each week by going okay I'm only gonna like limit myself to this number of hours for a date in this month for example like just allocate energy like sufficiently
1: that's some great that's advice and also if if online dating just doesn't feel like your thing then if in person is more your thing then yeah. maybe in a community activity that you enjoy doing or that you fancy trying out it doesn't even have to necessarily be like it could be Thursday, which is like too much like pressure on finding a date. Whereas some community from like some kind of meetup or some activity based thing that isn't necessary for people like, you know, seeking out dates. But you might just end up meeting with someone, meeting someone that you actually end up clicking with.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, Thursday, we haven't got time. Their events are so stimulating. It's always alcohol focused as well. Like it's just too much. What was I going to say? Sorry, my brain. Oh, yeah. In terms of meeting people, just increase your exposure to like places like the gym, co-working spaces get invited to like events from your friends like just I think not with intention to date but just be you and go out to these places and just increase your hobbies that you'll increase likelihood of meeting people like I'm getting into so I'm thinking maybe I'll book a pottery class like you know just do things like that which you enjoy and you might meet someone who enjoys that as well so I'm not going to meet someone at a pub because I'm not regularly at a busy pub that is also fine with me but if I enjoy painting and pottery, I could meet someone on a pottery or painting class.
0: That's probably more up my aisle. So, yeah. Yeah, love that. Well, thank you so much, Kim. It was such an enjoyable discussion to have. Very different. We're very topical. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rethinking Neurodiversity. We're always open to your thoughts and feedback. So please feel free to email hello at noetic.health or get in touch through our social media please follow
1: rate like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast (laughs) see you next time